Hello there. Welcome to another episode of Casual. My name is Gaspar. And I'm Robert. And today we're going to be talking about crypto wallets. Before that, as always, if you enjoy our content, make sure to subscribe, turn on the notification bell, and smash the like button like you hate it. <laughs> so let's dive in. We have two different types of wallets, custodial and non-custodial. And you might be asking yourself, what does that mean? So in short, custodial means that someone else is in charge of your uh, protecting your coins. Think of it like someone like Binance or FTX or some other exchange. And the other type of the wallet is non-custodial, where you solely bear the responsibility of guarding your keys, namely with your seed phrase. Before we dive into that one, I think that we need to talk about what's actually held in a crypto wallet. Uh, contrary to popular belief, there are very little parallels between a physical wallet and digital crypto wallet. In a physical wallet, you hold bills, you, you hold coins, but in a digital wallet, that's not really true because all the information, all the currency lives on a blockchain and bitcoins or ethers are not in your wallet. Uh, if you remember, and if you don't, definitely check the episode number one. Blockchain is a public ledger that stores data in what's known as blocks. And all data is based on transaction. And each transaction has a lot of info, but among others, we've got public and private keys. And public keys are on one side addresses, while private keys are like, you know, keys to a safe deposit box. Anyone with access to private key of a wallet can take control of the transaction. Yeah, transactions, that's that's a, a deep topic that we don't want to get too deep into. But let's just briefly explain it. So each transaction comprises of a bunch of metadata, such as a version, input, input counters, um, inputs in general, and outputs, and so on. Inputs are the sources of funds, and outputs are the destinations. Part of a transaction is something called UTXO, which means the unspent transaction outputs, and that is the amount of cryptocurrency that is being held at a specific address. So I, I, I can just challenge you. Say unspent transaction outputs five times really fast. <laughs> UTXO, <laughs> UTXO. <laughs> so yeah, let's jump over to an example of this um, UTXO. So imagine I have five bitcoins and I want to send oh, one to Kashmir. Please do, please do, please do. Have five <laughs> bitcoins, send one to me. Sorry for jumping just in send all your... the time, but just the <laughs> idea of having five bitcoins, yes, please. <laughs> send your wallet over, <laughs> we'll figure it out. Uh, so in this case, on the far left, you'll see that I create a transaction authorized by my private key and have two outputs. One is the UTXO of one bitcoin at Gashpar's address and how he controls that amount with his private key. The other output is the UTXO of 3.9 bitcoins that is still tied to my public address and I still control it. The small difference of 0.1 is the fees. So the original transaction, the original input gets scrapped and we have a new transaction with two outputs. That's basically it. And now I can control my Bitcoin. Yay. Uh, and, uh, you know, invest more. <laughs> so yeah, that all sounds... Old, uh, yeah, please. All UTXOs get destroyed. Yeah, as you said. Yeah, uh, so we've got a lot of transactions and each transaction is tied to a specific address and the sum of all UTXOs of my transactions is the balance of my wallet. But I can have more than one wallet. I can have as many as I want. <laughs> and I still have a couple of choices. Uh, the first choice that I have to make is whether I will have a custodial wallet or a non-custodial wallet. So let's dive into that. First, 
custodial wallet that's something that probably most of the people are familiar with so with custodial wallets you are trusting the service you are using uh to somebody else so an example would be an exchange like ftx or binance and you trust them to keep your balance on the blockchain safe and they are the ones holding your uh, your keys so everything you need is an email address uh, you will need some sort of uh, authenticator for example google authenticator and you will need you will need to verify your identity so usually you will have to uh, you know take a picture of your passport or or your national id uh, maybe take some selfies to get verified and from there on you can use the exchange and of course your wallet on the exchange um, there are several benefits of having you know a man in the middle that takes care of everything from storing your private keys and keeping everything on the right network uh, and every transaction available in the exchange is basically two clicks away so everything you want to do there's a great user interface you can just click away and stuff happens you've got history you've got charts you've got anything and uh, by the way you have usually lower fees through exchanges if you use a non-custodial wallet we'll get there in a second uh, the fees are a bit higher one more positive thing technical support if you get lost <laughs> that's amazing everything can be okay most of the time everything can be restored it could be a pain in the ass sorry that's how it is but uh as long as you have you know a national id or the same documentation or valid national documentation with which you verified everything can be restored even if it may take a while on the negative side if a company shuts down in the worst case scenario you can end up with zero funds just everything is lost oh i know that the probability of that is low but it can happen it happened uh, so happened. unless the exchange you're using provides some sort of insurance there's a risk involved in that so we have an alternative yeah non-custodial wallets oh yeah so what are those we already had a brief introduction but non-custodial wallets are in the most simple terms just a connection to the blockchain via your private and public keys and your uh, seed phrase associated with your public address the seed phrase is one of the most important factors um, to access your balance on the blockchain with a non-custodial wallet and one of the upsides is if you well, it's, I think it's pretty obvious. With no custodial wallets, you're basically holding the keys to your kingdom. No one else can take them away from you unless they blackmail you or screw your fingers around and make them hand it over. <laughs> Gosh, what do you have in mind? <laughs> I'm just thinking how to store a seed phrase. The worst idea you can have is to store it in an email. But, you know, I've read about those. <laughs> or on a post-it note on your computer same as passwords it's a really really bad idea oh, maybe on the on the wall behind you you know a sticky note right about here <laughs> it would be the least suspicious <laughs> <laughs> so yeah also this upside brings a, a possible downside so like you are solely responsible for holding all the keys but that can be also scary right what if you lose them and don't have them printed on, on your wall uh, another upside is that you can buy some coins with your non-custodial wallet or true non-custodial wallet that aren't available at any exchanges yet. It means you can be an early adopter for some um, and so on. 
So the downside, as mentioned previously, if you lose your keys, you've lost everything. You lost access to your balance and all the coins, tokens, uh, funds you've ever had. And another downside is possible higher fees. So for example, if I use MetaMask to trade Ethereum or uh, some coins on the ETH network, the fees can get astronomically high, anywhere from 20 bucks to, I don't know, a couple of hundred bucks, uh, dollars for, for a single yeah. transaction. And, and that can that can change in a minute. So you can have one transaction and the fee is like, I don't know, $30 and in the next minute it can be 50. So yeah. pretty volatile fee. Yeah, imagine you're trying to buy $50 worth of coins and you have to pay uh, 80 bucks just because of it. It's like almost double your investment. Yeah, it's ugly. And yeah, uh, another downside, <laughs> and one of the last downsides is basically the UX of this um, non-custodial wallets that can be pretty bad or glitchy in the browser, or you have to have, I don't know, multiple steps just to see how many tokens you've exchanged and, and so on and, and so forth. Yeah, so the UX is not the best, uh, but at the end, you're responsible for everything. You really need to understand what you're doing. Because um, if you're comparing that to a custodial wallet within an, within a centralized exchange, you know you have a pair. You click swap, you click exchange, you click you, you click buy, you click sell. Everything works. Uh, I'm not saying that you have to manually input everything into non-custodial wallet, but there are additional steps. There are things that you have to double check. And uh, for everybody who's not exactly tech savvy, could be uh, could be a bit hard, uh, especially if as you only see the balance or you can only see one transaction and then you have to go to for example etherscan uh get through lots of data so it can it can be scary but on the other hand if you're doing that a couple of times you get used to it so not yeah. too terrifying at the but end i can't imagine my parents using uh a non-custodial wallet in, in retrospect like it doesn't have the balance sorted out it doesn't have all the nice ux so it's like we're still heading there but yeah not not nearly there so whoever builds the best UX-friendly non-custodial wallet, you know, wins. Yeah. Uh, what about security? How safe are our funds in custodial wallet versus non-custodial wallet? Because thinking, you know, in, at the first glance, custodial wallets seem to be more secure as usually you need to use 2FA. That's one of the requests from the custodian that you have 2FA enabled. Every time that you log in, you get an email confirmation. You know, you have to use a password. Usually you get an SMS verification. You've got tech support team. You've got people who can help you with stuff. And with non-custodial wallet, I have, you know, a password, you know, test one, two, three, and a seed phrase, which is 12 words. How is that secure? How is that even secure? It is, it is secure. Okay, so first of all, the most, the best feature here is it is that you own your own data. You can easily switch to another wallet with just two pieces of information, seed phrase and a password. And sometimes the, the, the previous password is not necessary. I mean, in most cases, it's not. You just need to set the seed phrase and you set the new password. So is that secure? You don't have an email. You don't have 2FA. You don't have SMS authentication, which is really vulnerable in, in general. But it, it's less factors that you can mess up. So in, in retrospect, how easy is is to hack a seed phrase? We have a 12, 18, and 24 word one, and that lies at the core of the private key generation for every crypt cryptocurrency you hold. It's like the master key you own, and similar to the hotel managers that have a master key, it unlocks 
all the doors even if all the keys uh, are are lost so in terms of 12 word security seed phrase is safe enough the uh, the 12 word seed provide 20 uh, 128 bits of security and 24 word seeds provide 256 bits of security that, that might be confusing so the uh, 128 bit tells uh, the users that the size of the encryption key to use to encrypt the data uh, passed between a browser and the web server is 128 bits in size which is mathematically 2 to the power of 128 so for example a 12 number word <laughs> long seed phrase provides us with 128 bits of security which means <laughs> there are a lot of numbers wow how to go through that number wow it's so long I mean, I, I can use the analogy. I can use the, I can use, I can make a joke out of this. Of course, I will be paraphrasing <laughs> another joke from a famous car show. But okay, I, I'm going to read the number digit by digit. So we've got three four zero two eight two three six six nine two zero nine three eight four six three four six three three four seven six zero <laughs> seven four. <laughs> Three, one, seven, six, eight, two, one, one, four, five, six. <laughs> or to sum it up, it's 39 <laughs> digits long. It's seriously long. And uh, for curious people, here's a fun fact. If you want to say that uh, with, you know, a, wrong, a longer word, the number starts with 340 undecillion. <laughs> <laughs> that's really useful for everybody that's, that's but sick. we've got undecillions and uh, if you think about this i mean every time you've heard something about passwords if you remember you have to have a complex pa password you need you know one uh, uppercase um, uppercase symbol one lowercase symbol you need one number you need one um, special symbol and you know the joke about uh, generating passwords so the first password the first the first original password was password and you have to capitalize one letter okay let's make the p uh, uppercase so we've got password oh you have to add the number yeah, let's add one at the end <laughs> what do you need a special symbol a special character okay uh, let's use mm, the first one oh next to the one exclamation mark so we've got password one exclamation mark you know it doesn't seem on the first glance it doesn't seem very secure you've got just you just have a bunch of words but once you think about it how many symbols are there and uh, you know 340 undecillion combinations seems pretty secure just don't forget take forever the <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't lose it you lose everything yeah have it on three different locations in saves and everywhere so Okay, so even when you choose a custodial or non-custodial wallet, you will have a couple of choices. With non-custodial, you can go with hardware ones. So like more, one of the most popular one is Trezor, the other one is Ledger, KeepSafe, or any piece of hardware such as a USB stick with the correct firmware. And the other ones are software ones. You've probably heard a lot of those which are browser-based extensions, MetaMask, Phantom, Trust Wallet, or app-based uh, Xoom. What you do have to be is careful is that one that non-custodial wallet supports the network that you have funds on so for example if you have a non-custodial wallet i don't know running on the solana network that even if you want to get 
Ethereum tokens there. If they're not wrapped, you're not going to be able to. So you also have to pay attention to that. Yeah, and if you're not a fan of non-custodial wallets, you still can go with custodial. And I think that almost everyone in the crypto world has already come across a custodial wallet. If nowhere else, when you register on an exchange such as Binance or FTX, they create a wallet for you. So uh, what's your choice, custodial or non-custodial? People listening, let us know in the comments below. You can comment on YouTube. You can also comment in uh, Apple Podcasts. Um, of course, you can reach us uh, on on Twitter. Our handle is CasualBits, so casual B I T S. And of course, as always, you can reach us at email. That's hi at casual.is, H I at casual.is. And we'll be happy to get some feedback, maybe questions that you want answered. We always need ideas for next, for next episode. Um, and that's it for this one. Uh, really hope you that, that you learned something and uh, thank you for joining. It was an awesome episode. Don't forget to subscribe. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Subscribe. Cheers, everybody. Goodbye. Cheers.